0: From Relay FM, this is the Pen Addict, episode one hundred and ninety-five. Yes, that's right. Five weeks to Atlanta. This show is brought to you by Squarespace and Harry's. My name is Mike Hurley, and I'm joined as always by Mr.
1: Brad Dowdy. Are we actually recording this week?
0: Uh yeah, we are recording this week. So are you sh- listeners, you I would sure? like to let you in behind the curtain a moment, um, to understanding the way that me and Brad work together. So a few weeks ago. Um, I let Brad know about some scheduling that I needed, some scheduling issues. I was going to be away. I was in Dallas last week, and I'm going to be away again in a couple of weeks. So we've had to move some stuff around. And we may have heard us mention that with the way that our schedule was falling, we were going to be recording episode 201 in Atlanta, which we both felt was completely unacceptable. And it had to be episode two hundred. So we decided at some point between then and, and, and episode two hundred in Atlanta we'd skip a show. So we decided that last week when I was gonna be away, why don't we just skip that one instead of uh moving it around? So we agreed that we were good and off so there we go. So I am on a plane. Um, on Wednesday, I get off the plane and I have a Slack message and an I message from Brad asking if we were recording. Are we recording today? <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, Brad. <laughs> the other the main problem though of this, and I realized this last week, is we didn't mention on the show that we weren't gonna be doing the episodes the next week. Yep. So no one was there to support you.
1: Actually they were, and that's the only reason that oh. made it click in my head is because uh someone in the Slack room, like an hour before the show said, um oh, no podcast this week. Bummer. I'm like, what are you talking about? We're getting ready to record in like, record in like 30 minutes. And they're <laughs> like, oh, okay, great. <laughs> I wonder why. Maybe they just knew I was leaving. Yeah, exactly. So what it boiled down to... Well, they probably read the relay calendar, which it wasn't on.
0: Yeah, uh, I did remove it from there.
1: So yeah. basically what happened is I all I did was I didn't remove it from my calendar. I just didn't take it off. So it was always lived on my calendar, <gasps> um, which it's a recurring event. So it's always on those days. And I didn't... I didn't delete that one particular day so it didn't even we hadn't talked very much in those few days prior so like if you would have no. said yeah I'm getting ready to fly out you know to, to Dallas it would have clicked in my head but we just didn't talk that week. And, yeah, usually
0: um, with these sort of things as well I do tend to confirm before I go but the days leading up to me leaving for Dallas were just madness.
1: Yeah. So I was like fully prepped for the podcast. I had the notes ready. I I was like mentally ready. I was just waiting for the time to come. And then, you know, I was in the chat room and saw those messages and (laughs) everyone was like, oh, yeah, you're recording after I said that. And then people were like, isn't Mike out of town? I'm like, maybe. (laughs) It's like Heartbreak Hotel. Yeah. So since I was so ready for it and uh, I I was ready for the show, I went ahead and did a Periscope for like 45 minutes. Um, (laughs) Yeah. He did you did your one-man show <laughs> yeah i had to get uh i had to get that out of my system right you know yeah, i was yeah. like i was like mentally ready to go and then when it didn't happen i was just like holding my hands up like shrug you know i don't know what to do with myself right now so let's do a uh let's do a periscope so uh we'll put that link into the uh to my uh my catch of the periscope that you can you can go back and see it if you haven't already but yeah so i i filled in the time admirably and that was a full uh screw up on my part so sorry mate
0: Oh, don't apologize to me. I was
1: on a plane. Yeah. I hear you. Ya. You were the one who was lost. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because you didn't respond to me and I was like, this is strange. Like I, I never I message Mike. Like I'll I'll get to you in, in Slack nine times out of ten. I was like, I need to escalate. <laughs> <laughs> we need to go to DEF five. <laughs> because I wasn't convinced. I hadn't convinced myself yet that we weren't actually recording and I just wanted to be sure. <laughs> So there you uh, go. We, that's terrible. why
0: uh, we are back today. We there are back. At one at five. So one thing that we did miss in that recording is the uh, Kickstarter is funded. So thank Woo! you so much to everybody that has participated. But there is something interesting, maybe a little bit scary, um, mm-hmm. that I can't quite understand with our Kickstarter, Brad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we made an incredible amount of money. So, we, for, mm-hmm. f- I, So... Thankful and grateful, uh, we made fifteen thousand two hundred and seventy nine dollars against our goal of I think it was like seven thousand or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, seven or eight. Which is you know that is amazing. So thank you so much. Um, we're we're thinking of some cool things to do with that money, and you'll hear more about that as we run up to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. But the thing that freaks me out is we had four hundred and seventy nine backers. the The campaign last year. We had 479 backers. <laughs> have we hit our limit here? Like is, have we hit the maximum amount of people? So here's something funny, right? I backed this one. I didn't back the last one. Gotcha. But I did back this one. Adina didn't back this one. So basically just me and her flipped, swapped over and everybody else backed again. It's the only <laughs> thing I can, can try and work out
1: how, how that happened. That's crazy. It's really crazy. Like, if you try to think about it too much, you're like, wow, this is really strange. Yep. Um. So, so what you're telling me is I need to get uh, an export of each of the uh, the backers of each of the do- two projects and do a diff and see how many um, how many uh, new or, or old uh, backers we have, what the difference is. If you are able to do that, <laughs> that would be, because I guess you
0: can, that would be just kind of fascinating. Not to share yeah. the data, but to, no. to share the totals. Yeah. That yeah, would be no. kind of amazing. You should work yeah, on that. I'll put that right at the bottom of my list. Yeah, it shouldn't go high at the top of the list, <laughs> but I think it should be in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, I received a lovely little package yesterday, uh-huh. um, my Pen Addict swag bag. Nice. So, this yeah. is uh, a bunch of things, a bunch of circles that you're selling. Um, <laughs> right. On the, the I, Pen like, I like shop.
1: how you just, like, support out my my stuff without even... Um, giving me a chance to like send you some stuff. Like, Why would kinda, I know? Kind of a jerk that way. I don't know. Why would I? I want. Hang on a second.
0: Let me let me find my uh, receipt here because I think I have. I think it told told me my order number. Where are we? Oh no, that's not it. Hang on, I've got it here somewhere because I think I remember it was a pretty early order
1: in the system. All right, let me take a look. Uh, yeah, I I didn't manipulate the order. Order numbers, number so sixteen. Will. Yeah. Well, you're, you know who uh, order number one was. I'll give you one guess. Thomas Hall. Thomas Hall. Yeah. Of course. See,
0: he, he's as bad as me, right? He <laughs> love it. But yeah, <laughs> like Thank I wanted the stuff, and it wasn't expensive. <laughs> it was like ten dollars, and I got like yeah. a bunch of coasters and all that stuff, and it's amazing. I already put a pin on my uh, or a button as you call them uh, mm. on my uh, on my bag on my Topo bag, and I've mm. got my water bottle sitting on a, a lovely coaster here. These coasters are real nice. They're my favorite yeah. thing. In yeah the,
1: that's uh, that's that's our uh, our friend Bob from from Skylab Letterpress uh, Oh and honest, honest husband I loved
0: the sticker so much it became the first sticker to adorn my smart keyboard
1: cover Nice
0: So I, because I don't have any space on my iPad Pro anymore so now I'm going to start sticking stickers on the cover and the Pen <laughs> one fit just perfectly on one of the ridges because it's a big sticker. It's a great one. And yeah, cool. I don't know yeah. what I'm going to do with the patch yet. I'm going to find yeah. something special for that. But this is a great little set of stuff. People should go and find it. Brad won't talk about it, which is why I'm talking about it. Go to <laughs> penaddict.com slash
1: shop and buy all the circles uh, that you need. <laughs> <laughs> buy all the circles. I, I realized that later. I was like, wow, all this stuff looks the same. So, you know, it, it's the first pass that just gives you the... Um, the opportunity to do something uh, different later. Right. You got to get the yeah. the standard items out first and then uh, we'll, we'll branch out a little bit. But and these you, are and also
0: kind of weird stuff as well. Like you don't usually get coasters and patches, you know, that's yeah. cool. I think these are the cool things. And now I want,
1: I want all of this stuff for the relay
0: store. So we're going yeah, to, we're gonna work. Yeah, on we'll now, talk
1: about that. So I'm totally gonna to put the patch on my uh, Sinclair case. It's like make it's tailor made oh. for a tailor made for a patch. So that's a great
0: place to put one. I had not even thought mm-hmm. of that. Especially oh, that my, size. Uh, my real big um leather case thing from Penchant came in the other day. Yeah, yeah. I felt like such a nerd. <laughs> that's amazing (laughs) like this huge thing because i'm going to use that now like i'm i will use it when i'm traveling to atlanta i'll put all my stuff in it because last year i had like like six knock cases and they're all (laughs) like shoved in so i'll still bring some knock stuff for like general storage but to keep all my fountain pens nice and safe in my suitcase yeah i'll put them in the in in the in the big
1: case thing that i got which is real cool that's the way to go yeah for sure Perfect travel. I'll put, I, I'll put I had, a link
0: in the show notes to the one that I bought in case anybody's interested.
1: Since, I, since I'm since uh, i driving to the show last year, I, I have that cigar box storage. I just grabbed the cigar boxes, threw them in a bin, and put them in the trunk. <laughs> Perfect. So, yeah, I think I remember carrying I could use, some of those things. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So. Um, but you've been privy to uh, some of the stuff I'm working on, so you you can vouch. There's some cool stuff coming down the pipe too for the uh, oh, for yeah. the shop. Yeah, yeah. There's some there's some there's some things that you're gonna want to get your hands on. Yep, yep. Um, something you don't want to get your hand on, Mike, is that dang blasted scribble pen. Oh, how many emails? How many emails have you gotten? Uh, no in emails the past week or two or
0: tweets. Lots and lots and lots of tweets. The reason I don't get the emails is you actually get all of
1: the email, right? Which right, makes right. Me but still, so happy. But uh, yeah, but. Still, I get some direct too, so... Yeah, no, know, I've, I've been
0: getting tons and tons of uh, tweets about this. Uh, I mean, rightly so, right? This sure, is something sure. oh, you yeah. and you have spoken about so many
1: times. Um, well, what I, happened was there a video got posted on Facebook, and the last time I checked, it had like 3 million views, so it just became shared all over the place and ended up, ended up kind of uh, percolating to the top again. And, you know, then all the tech sites pick it up. And fortunately, Mashable... I didn't read them all because there's no point because they must just regurgitate the, the scribble nonsense. Mashable actually took it a step further and said, you know, by the way, this project's failed like three or four times. You know good. that, right? And, you know, there's no way this can work. You know that, right? So they, they did a good job of saying, by the way, <laughs> you should really think long and hard about what you're loving on here. So they did a good job. I forget the author of the of the post, but they did so, a good job. So Raymond we'll, Wong. Yeah, he did a towards the bottom. He did. uh, He did a lot of by the ways like this is not uh, probably going to go well if you decide to put your money in it um, in in the general sense. So, you know, we've talked about this time and time again and we're not going to regurgitate it, but we just wanted to let those who happen to be new to the show or haven't heard of the scribble pen um, to, you know, just be warned that this is a full-on scam, and we talked about it in episode 181. We'll have the link in the show notes, and there's a full article that someone did where they tracked down the um, the creator and the owner and talked about all the scam projects that he's done in the past and, and things like that, so... Um, it's in it's in the show notes for you to read. And if you haven't if you're not aware of everything that we've talked about on the scribble pin, you should go back and either listen to that episode or at least yeah. read the uh one document that we linked in there that talks about the uh the creator and uh all the bad things that he's done.
0: That's the uh Rail Oz crowdfunding con man. I'll put that yes. in this week's show notes as well in okay. people want to see it. True, it's true. Good idea. Absolute madness. If yeah, this is like it feels like a it feels like a, like we're venturing into organized crime at certain points of this right. it just seems insane and it's it's a shame that they've you know they've been kicked off multiple crowdfunding sites but yet somehow somehow still getting any attention like even this mashable piece whilst it's good like the it, the, the headline and the majority of the article is intriguing yeah. Oh, you know, I went into enticing. it. I went into
1: it mad. I went into it mad, and going, "Oh, come on, Mashable, don't do this." And then, luckily, he redeemed himself at the end.
0: Yeah, I just feel like that. That any piece about this should be like, this pen is like should just start off with that, you know, like, mm-hmm. just so you know what we're about to talk about. You know, rather than saying <laughs> it at the end, at least they said yeah. it. But like, I feel like it. It might it have benefited buried. from from leading that way.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and um. It's obviously a product that really gets people uh, enticed and excited about it. Um, well, because it's amazing, right? Yeah, and people. Uh, did you uh, have you read the article about the coolest cooler? Have you seen this?
0: Uh, I saw something about it. Yeah. Well, they need like another
1: fifteen million dollars yeah. or something, right? This is the biggest Kickstarter ever. By the way, we need double the money to for everyone to get your coolers. Psych. I mean it's ridiculous, so yeah, whatever. I it's it, they're at least not scamming people, they just did a bad job. Scribble pen is actually an actual scam. Are they are like people gonna get those? I, apparently some people have and they did something with Amazon where they made like a side project and that's got people all been out of shape as it should, so um but you know, you look at these products that are just seem too good to be true and you just gotta just chill for a minute. If it's if it's that good it's gonna hit the market and uh, you know, saving saving an extra hundred hundred dollars now on the coolest cooler as opposed to buying it when it's actually a real product um you know that's not that's not that much of a savings when it's uh it's uh, turned into a total catastrophe like it has Yep. yep so simmer down now (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <Is> that <laughs> i liked it uh, uh that's a that's a rabbit hole that uh one of my favorite skits i was in one of the the saturday night live heydays with um you know when will ferrell was was in it that's when i was watching uh saturday night live and uh they had a um uh, an actress on there named sherry o'terry and she did this character that uh her her catchphrase was simmer down now and it's uh it's amazing you need to go down that youtube rabbit hole because the the character awesome
0: i found a youtube video called simmer down now simmer to down
1: yeah yeah and then she's got some good ones i think justin timberlake's on one of them he was always fantastic on saturday night live and uh she's got some good characters and uh she just she just goes off the the deep end and it's uh it's fantastic it's probably one of my favorite skits ever um pretty much anything that she's in and any like the cheerleading with her and will ferrell or uh that's up my alley so How's this pen podcast going? <laughs>
0: yeah, I we're we're completely lost now. I'm I'm actually watching YouTube videos as we go. We're all we're, we're done. This is it. Yeah. Right. Okay. Let's let's yeah. talk about the because you you've received yours since. the So last another
1: episode. yeah. This is another Kickstarter that um you know we backed them the first time and they delivered a successful product. So hey, let's back them again and they did it again. Um, mm-hmm. I went with the full titanium body Nova and it's really good. So I'm I'm. I'm untwisting it now. That's going to drive people crazy um, because it's all metal. Yeah. And um, it's not overly heavy. It's shaped like a Nakaya Piccolo. It looks like if you, you could put this side to side with a couple of things and uh, you would think this was a several, several hundred dollar pen when really it's more like around a hundred dollars. Um, I added in the titanium nib I had from the uh, Nexus. I ordered that one with a Nexus, the aluminum barrel with a Nexus, uh, with a titanium in the Nexus. So I ordered this one with a steel nib, knowing I could just pop this uh, titanium and get the full titanium uh, nib and body thing. I'm really, really pleased with this pen. Um, you do not have yours yet. Is that correct? No, you I got did? mine. No, Remember. you got yours first. Yeah. 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 Um, they had a delay in the US with uh, customs. That's what it was. Naturally. Um, I love it. It's really well done. Yeah. Um, the threads are minimal. They don't get in your way. Yeah. Um, the barrel shape's great. The weight, the balance is, is right on the money um i need to get my titanium nib adjusted any titanium nib i've ever used if you've never used one they're softer so yeah. the tines spread a little bit when you write so they're very wet which is great it's just you know if i have a, a medium titanium nib is like a straight up gusher and i think this one's actually fine
0: i had a good conversation with mike Masuyama um in mm-hmm. atlanta about titanium nibs and mm-hmm. he was kind of just explaining to me how like they're so hard to work on because they're so soft yeah um, and they always take tweaking.
1: yeah so my i had one in my conid bulk filler um a titanium nib and it was just a straight up gusher and i got mike to adjust it last year yeah. so this might this would be a candidate uh for him this year it's a it's a much better nib after he was able to you know narrow it down lessen the flow a little bit and now it's great
0: yeah that's how that's how we had that conversation because i was sitting and watching him mm-hmm. um adjust your titanium yeah. nib
1: Yep, yep. So, did you know you could
0: eyedropper this pen? So this is uh, in response to. I remember last week, me and you were saying like, why full. Well, last episode, like, why go full titanium? Uh-huh. And Mister Thomas Hall, uh, obviously uh, the the uh, complete encyclopedia of pen knowledge, <laughs> has said basically you would go with a titanium barrel for eyedroppering. Uh, rods and pens like the Conid Pilot 823 and Visconti titanium because they're corrosion resistant, which is not so much in a 2 VAC pens. So don't put iron gall in the VAC mini, he's mentioned. Uh, but basically, mm. you if you want to eyedropper a pen, so if you want to just throw the ink into the barrel without any converter or anything like that, then you will want to use something that's titanium because it's corrosion resistant. Didn't know yes. that.
1: So I wouldn't have considered. I'm sorry, I'm squeaking my pen. Yeah, here. But uh, that's away. that's
0: the problem with Tyson. Sorry, I'm gonna put this out of my hand,
1: which is I it, don't mind that.
0: <clears throat> no, but it is. something I you need to be aware of. They sure, sure, squeak, sure. They squeak like mad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, I would have never considered eye dropping a metal pen just because I thought you would be. You're increasing the the opportunity for uh, a. A leak but you know the silicone grease that we use is actually made i guess for metal piping anyway so i don't know why i ever thought that i just thought that with an acrylic or plastic base threading that you would get a better seal with the silicone for the ring. that's why i never considered a metal but what thomas is saying you should use if you're gonna you can do a metal pin but you're not going to do an aluminum pin because it's going to yep. react actually react with the ink it's not a leaking thing it's a, a chemical thing um to how the the ink acts with the uh, various metals it touches and uh, titanium is actually acceptable to do this with so i'm probably not gonna try it it still seems kind of weird having uh the liquid ink inside of a metal pen um just just um held off by uh, um silicone grease but hmm, maybe i'll try it one day i'm not in a hurry to to give that a shot so we'll see i am uh i i I would consider in uh eyedropping this next pen though i got the um edison mina from the edison group buy which i miss i missed one of their first group buys um with the black stealth beaumont they did it's probably three to four years ago now and ever since then i i've told myself i wouldn't miss one again since that was probably like my ultimate pen and um so I, I got this one, and I think we ordered it in the fall, and it just came in uh, today. You know, which which was it, it was on schedule. So what it is, it's uh, the Mina barrel, which I've never used before, so I always wanted one. Um, which I like the barrel shape. I don't love it. It's not my favorite Edison by far, um, but it's kind of a rounded with a little bit of a flare on each end of the barrel. Um, I don't know how you would describe this shape, honestly, um, but it, it's very very sleek looking and you know, the ends are not tapered at all. They're just flat. Um, you can, you can stand that up and you know, it's, it has the um very minimal markings on it. Like mine's number 31 of, I forget how many there were 40 something, but what's killer about this is the blue swirl ebonite denim. So did you see my picture of this?
0: Yeah. That's why I put it in show notes. These things of beauty.
1: Yeah. And I haven't
0: even, taken... I like the shape, man. I think it's different.
1: I like the shape in pictures, I don't like it in practicality. Okay. I just prefer. I just. It's not bad. It's just a preference thing, right? Sure. I prefer like the the Namisu, the piccolo shape of the other barrel, or which in this case, in in Edison terms, would be the Edison Pearl. It's just a personal preference. It's not a bad shape at all, and it's actually very comfortable to hold once you uncap it. Um, the grip section and barrel fits really, really nicely in your hands. So yeah they're talking in the chat room it's like a japanese sword sheath that's kind of what it looks like um it's a very japanese looking shape and i don't know if that's where it came from or not i'd have to look at the uh, the evolution of the mina but the the mina is also not a what does he call it it's not a production line edison so you can't always get these for a great price i you mean
0: see i'd never heard of this one
1: yeah so you get this one um He does a Brian does a good job of mixing in some of the non-production line shapes at a more of a production line pricing. It's a little bit more, but it's still less than it would cost if you just bought this pen one off and like pick the design yourself. And um, you know, I it's really good. I'm super happy with this pen. And he's also testing out a new nib design with this pen. It's more of a it's it's shaped like a Lamy steel nib or a Lamy gold nib. It's just extended a little bit longer. Um, I was a little bit eh about the, the nib when I saw pictures of it, but getting it in person, um, it's really nice. It goes with the pen well, the way the shape the shape of the nib really fits the shape of the, bar- the barrel. And the nib writes really, really well. I have an extra fine steel nib on here so um I, i'm actually using that as my show notes pen today i have it filled with uh benjamin franklin which is a great blue ink that you can't really find anymore but i, I always want to try i always end up putting blue inks in my blue pens because i'm uh unoriginal that way but yeah i i i like the mina um it's it's a good pen and um i i'm definitely happy i got this because um it it does you are able to get these these pens at a uh at a price that's uh in between like the uh the production line and the signature line which is like if the Minlo that we bought right where you pick, basically pick out everything you pick out your colors your nibs all that stuff and uh, it adds up And if uh, if brian's doing like a one-off you know the price is going to be expensive yep. but he does these group buys to allow to, to have the greater quantity to bring the price down to give everybody the option he does it once a year to give everyone the option to get a, a really cool pin at a really fair price. So props to Brian he did a good job as always love his stuff big big Edison fan. The
0: good thing about these type of group buys is as people then talk about them. And now I'm thinking like oh I should do the next one. That's exactly what happened to me.
1: So the more the more you do them the more people it's like a snowball right Oh totally. Totally. So I actually wait for him and he does enough options in the group buy. like, I've worried, well, I'm not going to do the group buy because there's only one pin in one color in a barrel style that I like, don't like and an acrylic. I don't like, well, he there's usually about two to three choices. So you can always kind of get in there on, on something you like. He does it. Like I said, he does a good job and um, I, I haven't missed uh, the last couple. I don't think.
0: So, so uh, as cool. we record today, it is. Uh, there's a strong potential of new field notes, so I'm keeping my eye on, on all of the feeds <laughs> and, and inboxes uh, to see if we're going to get that news coming. That would be fun if we can do some breaking news, but I guess you'll find out by the end of the episode if we know what the next field notes are going to be.
1: Yeah, so um, it seems like their emails usually come the morning, the Wednesday morning. It seems sure. like it's a early a.m. Eastern time, like before lunch, but uh, we'll see. It, it could hit. We might have some breaking news. Uh, otherwise, uh, you'll just hear us uh, talking about them on the, uh, on the internets uh, between now and then. I'm sure we'll cover it next week.
0: Come on, Footnotes. So Do us right.
1: hmm This week's
0: episode is brought to you by Harry's. Everybody knows that good things come in threes, right? That is the, the, the general consensus. Good things come in threes. We're in the third month right now, right? It's March. Yeah. But it happens to be Harry's third anniversary. Nice. Happy anniversary, Harry's. Three Happy years in. they've been around. If you sign up as a new customer for Harry's today, I've got a special deal for you to try three of their expertly crafted five-blade German razors along with a lovely handle to put them in and shave cream for just $10. But I'll come back to that in a moment. As you should know by now about Harry's, they make their own German-engineered five-blade cartridges. You're not going to get cuts. You're not going to get razor burn. You are, What you're going to get is a close comfortable shade. They've been doing this for three years. These people, the guys and gals over at Harry's, they know what they're doing and they're so confident in that that they give a guarantee on the quality of their product and they will give you a full refund if you're not happy. Harry's offer a High quality shave at about half the price of the other big brand blades that you might be used to. On average, an everyday shaver saves $150 every single year on blades when they use Harry's. And they'll ship them to your front door for free. Their starter set is a great deal, as I mentioned a moment ago, for just $10 when you use our code... You will get a razor, moisturizing shave cream, and three razor blades. Usually it's 15 but you want to use the code PENADDICT at checkout, and you'll get $10 off. You should be one of the one million people that have switched to Harry's. It's time to stop overpaying for a great shave. Go to harrys.com right now. You'll get that $5 off when you use the code PENADDICT. A checkout with your first purchase so if your first purchase you'll get a lovely five dollars off that's H A R R Y S dot com. use the coupon code penaddict at checkout for a special five dollars off thank you so much to harry's for supporting this show and relay fm and happy anniversary
1: yeah i totally shaved this morning yeah feel good Mm -hmm. yeah feel Feel good good. look good i'm all i'm all about the harry's you know that and um man three years already i bet I i've know. been using them for about two what do you think something like that something it's been like close that. it's been probably been close to two years and uh no no chance that i'm uh, switching to anything else or going back to uh, some of the crummy expensive stuff i used to use previously yep all right speaking of crummy expensive stuff i used to use previously just kidding i want to talk <laughs> about vintage pens all right <clears throat> okay can you believe this so where's this come from this comes from a lot of the talk around the, the pen show stuff about the old old guard, new guard, you know, people who are into vintage pens, people are into modern pens, and how sometimes there's not a lot of crossover between those two camps. And, you know, some of the vintage pen vendors, you know, don't understand um, people who listen to this podcast and are, have a modern pen aesthetic and pricing and things like that, and how, you know, someone like us can understand um, getting into the vintage market a little bit more. So I wanted to break it down from someone who's a complete noob on vintage pins. I want, I want to put that out there right now. I'm talking about this from a very, very like high level place. Like I don't know a, not a lot about vintage pins, but I think what I do know is kind of a good entry point for uh, anyone who's interested in vintage pins. You know, we've given some tips and tricks over the years before, but I kinda wanted to go over them again and go over some of the fa- my favorite pens that I own and that might be a good uh jumping off point for someone who's looking to get into vintage pens. So um how's that sound to you? Do you do you, you have a Parker Vacumatic as far as vintage pins, right? Do you yeah, have a regular bag? I have a vacuumatic, uh I have
0: an Esterbrook. Uh-huh. Um I think I have uh I think I have a level one or two, but okay. escaping my mind right now.
1: Yeah, so it's not a bunch, and I don't have a bunch
0: either. So No, I don't really I just want to say I don't really like using vintage pens so much. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I'm a little Go bit nervous of them. Uh I'm worried I'm gonna break them. Um and I just gen- generally feel like they're you know they they're not as loved in my eyes because I didn't have them from the beginning. It, sure. They were somebody else's. Um, in a lot of instances, yeah. I I just kind of liked the new stuff, the stuff that I choose, and and yeah. I feel that in a lot of instances, the vintage pens that I find, they're they're very beautiful, but in a different way to my tastes. Sure. You know, like yeah, the, yeah. I look at them. Like the vacuumatic is one of the most beautiful pens that I own. The golden web that you have mm. is yeah, just stunning. But it's of a different time, and right. they don't really speak to me as much. I don't think.
1: Yeah, so let's talk about why um, someone would would purchase a vintage yeah. pen. And I think you you kind of nailed nailed that. It's it's an aesthetic thing to me. They have the materials that were used on some of these vintage pens, and the designs that were created can't be replicated. No, this like, I see in, them
0: one one thing, sir. I see them as like nice pieces to own. Mm-hmm. But not necessarily pens that I really want to use.
1: Right. And that's what I wanted to get across today that these are actually the vintage pens that I have are actually user pens. These are like user grade pens. Mm-hmm. Like people think vintage, they think, ooh, antique, collectible. These are not. These are no. user grade pens that should be inked, used, carried, beaten, destroyed, anything you would do to your modern pen. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, that's the first thing to kind of wrap your head around. They're, they're not meant to be coddled um these pens have been around for decades some of them haven't been used in decades um but some of them are just so cool that you're never going to be able to get anything on the modern market like this they're also surprisingly cost effective like i think the most i'm looking at the vintage pens. you never told me how much you paid for my golden web and i won't ask you but i don't remember the, maybe i blocked yeah. out my memory <clears throat> The most expensive I paid $120 for my vacuumatic. Every other one has been under $100, if not under like $60. So, yeah, I think I your garden
0: fi- web was more than that. So, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: look after it, which I, I know, <laughs> I know, right? So, I, I would expect that that one's uh, more expensive than my other vacuum. um And these pens all just kind of have a story to tell. These pens have lived a life that we haven't. Um, been involved in you know what was this golden golden web used for when it was a new pen you know who had this who had this on their desk who carried it in their jacket pocket or their purse you know i have a waterman 52 with a flex nib um you know what was this used for you know back in the back in the day when it was a new pen and it's just kind of cool to think about those things you know looking at these tables and tables of vintage pins it can get a little bit overwhelming but I like pinpointed these five pins that I have um as kind of a jumping off point and uh, we'll go over them one by one in just a second but another tip for buying vintage pins is if you can buy it in person because a lot of the reason a lot of us prefer modern pens is because number one, we can get them new and number two, they're all going to show up in the same condition because they're new out of a box. Vintage pens obviously aren't that way. Um, you ne- it's great to talk, be able to talk to the person who's selling the pin to see if they, what they know about it. Did they, re- is it restored? Did they restore it themselves? You know, um, are any parts in this pin, if they break are they easy to replace, you know, like in the esterbrooks that we have they have a internal sack well if the sack goes bad that's easy to replace you know if you have a certain vacuumatic with a certain part in the in the filling system maybe that'll be harder to p- replace because they they change the filling system all the time so you know if you're concerned about breaking the pin because we're using these pins right yep. if you're concerned about that you know you want to be able to get it repaired in a reasonable fashion you know are the lever parts you know must a lot of um Pins are or a lever filler, um, are the lever parts still available? And do you know someone that can can fix that? Things like that. So it's great to buy them in person just to to test out the condition more and to inquire more deeply about the pin. So the ones that I've chosen to talk about that are great pins you can get for a reasonable price at a pin show, not break the budget, and therefore you don't have to necessarily worry about. Um, you know, if it breaks, you can get it fixed easily or you're not out of a lot of money if it gets damaged, things like that. So you kind of got to get that wrap around your head that, like you were saying, the vintage pens, you worry about breaking them. Well, you just you just kind of get got to get past that. Like yeah. when I spend seven hundred dollars on a Nakaya and carry it in my jeans pocket, I'm over that. Right. It's the same thing. So the pens, like if anyone wants to get into vintage pens, the first place they should look at is Estherbrook. There's so many models, they're really beautiful. The coolest thing about Esterbrook is there, there must be a hundred different nib types. You can just swap in and out. So you can buy an Esterbrook pin barrel, which is what I did for about $40, that's been restored. I mean, that's restored back into perfect writing shape. It looks beautiful, it writes wonderfully. And then you can buy additional nibs for like three to $5 a piece to get uh, like I have a firm, fine nib in mine right now, and it's a wonderful writer. I also have like a medium stub nib and that I can just swap out. So I have one Esterbrook and about five nibs I can swap in and out of, to it, and I probably have $50 total into my Esterbrook, if you will.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and it's probably the best writer of any of the vintage pens that I have just because I can get a nib that's really specific to my writing style, um, which is, you know, like a firm steel nib with a very very fine tip so i love writing with that pit pen
0: i have an observation about the vintage pen world sure so i'm adding some some websites to our show notes here Mm -hmm. Um, some resources for some of the different pens that you're mentioning Mm -hmm. the the vintage pen world lives in a in a place of very questionable web design
1: (laughs) that is very true all of the websites
0: look nearly as old as the pens
1: that is true so um yeah, it's just uh know what not, you're getting uh, into yeah like, know what you know. you're getting into you know you're not gonna you might not get the uh the clearest answers or the best information all the time it's yep. out there it's hard to find yep. and it's on geo cities so yeah. it, it's gonna yes. be tough so that's again do it in person you know find that stuff online read about it kind of get a baseline of information um but then ask about it in person that's the way to go the second pin that everyone seems to love that gets a lot of lot of play even uh, for people who only use modern pens, because it really has a modern aesthetic is the parker 51 it's a really great barrel shape it's a great barrel size um parker's you know are just classic classic pens from the early 1900s and mid 1900s and the hooded nib design that they did um you know back in the day it was uh and, Effort to keep the nib wetter, if you will. Um, so more ink would flow uh more readily, wouldn't have hard starts and things like that. And um, it's just a really cool design that speaks to a lot of people. The problem I've run into, and this is just total anecdotal information from the few pen shows that I've been to, is I have a hard time for some reason finding restored Parker 51s. There's a million of them out there. All in not great shape that I want to deal with. I'd rather pay more for one that's been restored, refurbished, and I can just ink up and start writing with. So that's, again, you know, I went into the Atlanta Pin Show a few years ago with Parker 51 at the top of my list and they were everywhere, but I never found one that the quality enough that I felt comfortable with taking home and just writing with. They all needed something, you know, something was off um, and I didn't want to deal with that. Related to the 51. The Parker Vacumatic is one of the prettiest pens ever created. Um, you know, I have two. I have the uh, the silver furniture with the uh, gray stripe. I forget what they call this gray stripe, silver stripe. Um, and then I have the beautiful golden web that um, was at the top of my list last year. And you went and bought that for me like the rascal that you are at the mm-hmm. Atlanta Pen Show. It's still one of my favorite pens ever. It's, it's stunning to look at. Every time I photograph this pen, Mike, people like go, whoa. Wait, is that a Golden Web? Wow, it's a stunner! It's, it's one of the most beautiful pens I've ever seen, and I'm super lucky um, and fortunate to have one in this great condition. It writes wonderfully. I love the uh, the nib on this one, and this the thing is, most of these nibs are 14 uh, karat gold nibs. Um, So they're nice and soft. Um, They can be modified. Like my Vacumatic has a medium nib in it and it's actually way too wet and too wide. So I could get that one modified if I wanted to, but I kind of like it, uh, how it is, use it for something different. But the Golden Web has a finer, firmer nib and um, I really, really, really enjoy writing with it. Um, One thing you'll notice kind of across the board, and this is a little bit of a generic generic statement and there's probably some untruth to it, but a lot of these pins are smaller. Um, the golden web is actually the smallest of these pins that I own. It's smaller than my regular vac, but they range in size. Um, like the vacuumatics range in size from a small, almost pocketable pin to some really huge, huge pins. But in general, the vintage pins were just made smaller than they are these days for, um, obvious reasons. Um, the last one I want to mention is a question that comes up all the time is people say i want to write with a flex nib well modern flex nibs are hard to come by you know you can get on the low end you have noodlers with their steel nibs but they're really really um bad pin barrels and they break all the time they're just hard to use but they're inexpensive it gives you kind of an idea of what you want to use if you want to try one um then you move almost straight up into if you're not using dip pens and dip nibs, you're moving straight up into a Pilot Falcon, which is a gold nib pen that's costing well into the mid one hundreds. Um, and then on up for there, you can get some nib modifications done. You can get, you know, you can spend hundreds of hundreds of dollars on a modern flex pen, but back when these pins were being made in the twenties and thirties Waterman made a wonderful flex nib that you can find examples of at pen shows probably between 50 and a hundred dollars. I think I paid like $90 for mine. It's like a beautiful hard rubber barrel. It's the standard Waterman 52. They, um, the nibs are wonderfully flexy. And what's nice is when you're not flexing it, it's got a really nice fine line, which I just like writing with. So I'm tinkering around with all these pins as I'm talking to you, but the flex works great. And, um, it's a really lightweight, long pen. If you see people that are really into flex nibs, they own like stacks of Waterman's or Waterman nibs in other pens, so you'll see that a lot. Different size nibs, different size Waterman nibs um, manipulated to fit into other pen barrels that they have. So that's kind of your, your starter kit vintage pens if you're interested in getting just one. you know, Start looking at Esther Brooks, Parker 51's, Parker Vax, and Waterman's. One I'm gonna look for this year which is always readily available and for some reason i've never purchased one is i want a vintage pelican this year so that's going to be my atlanta Pin show pin. i want to get a vintage pelican i love seeing some of the old uh the green windows and the barrels they just look really really cool they have some good um really nice old designs i can probably get something for around a hundred dollars that i'll be very happy with and um I, I want to add that to the collection this year so that's on my atlanta Pin show shopping list um anything specific Any specific Pelican model? No. No, just anything. Yeah, anything. I mean, I would prefer to not have gold trim. That's the other thing hard about um, vintage pins. A lot, a lot of gold. Mm. But there's so many options out there. Like, out of these five vintage pins I have inked up, only one of them has gold trim. And that's the golden web, and that's the only way it comes. And that's well worth it because it matches the rest of the barrel, right? I mean, it's the perfect complement to it. Um, The other reason I wanted to ink all these up is because I wanted to carry them around more. The only thing you were talking about, the things you didn't like about vintage pins. The only worry I have is that they're going to leak, right? Um, but I've been carrying these around for probably a week and a half now in my brass town and in my backpack and not a drop has has leaked on any of these pins. So apparently I've got some good, uh, I, I did my homework in, in purchasing these pins and you know that they were good quality, um, or bought from someone who restored them themselves and, um, just have a really, really, um, good, good seals and, and good, uh, internals in them. So I'm, I'm very lucky. Um, I, it's something I want to get more into. I would like to have more vintage pins. I would like to have more nib variation. Like I have in all my modern pens you know, I like to play around with the nibs, get lots of work done. Um, and I don't see why I can't do that in vintage pins. Like, you know, my vacuumatics, which I just love looking at, well, there's no point in owning a pen just to look at in my opinion you know i want to use them so i inked all these bad boys up and i'm ready to uh ready to roll when the atlanta pen show uh comes around and i'm gonna look at uh, doing a, a little bit more vintage shopping if you will mm-hmm. you have any interest uh are you still just like nah not really not really my thing probably not going to do that in atlanta i'll look uh, well, at them like and yeah. if i and this is the thing like so
0: when i the way that i approach it it's like i'll look at them and if i see some if i see something that i think is beautiful. Then I might learn a little bit more about it. For for me with vintage pens, I start with just how they strike me visually. Sure. Because I don't expect to use them very much. So like I, just see them as things to, to own.
1: Right. That's why that's why I had to have the Vacumatic. Right. There's hardly a prettier pen, that's um within you know a uh, normal price ranges from a vintage perspective they're just stunners and they're readily available um and um you know there's no way i could not own a vacuumatic there's no way i could be into fountain pens and not own a vacuumatic they're just that cool so
0: yeah
1: anyway that's kind of my like i'm I don't want to say I'm getting into a vintage kick, but I'm paying attention a little bit more. I'm trying to find some things that interest me and you know maybe go into the to the rabbit hole of, of uh some things I like. Like this pelican might be a thing. Like I'm content now with the Vacuumatics I have, the Parker 51 I have. I might buy another Esther Brook or two but those are kind of done. I want to look at Pelican. I want to see what other vintage stuff I can get in trouble with and um, you know, that might be a rabbit hole I I get down into. So, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. And uh, it's definitely something I'm that interests me. So, um, maybe there'll be more more talk of it uh, as we go down the line.
0: Cool. mm mm-hmm.
1: Mhm. So, you, you you have a um you have burning questions for me to wrap this episode up, right? Yeah, like I do. uh you 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 have a lot you want to talk about that I wasn't aware we we're going to talk about. You kind of mentioned it. It's like, "Oh, we should talk about this." I'm like, "Yeah, whatever." So, uh, let's talk about <laughs> you know how I am. So, let's talk about our our good friends at Squarespace that helped me out with all these things and uh then I then I'll let you hammer me. What you got, Mike? All right. This week's episode is brought to
0: you by Squarespace, the simplest way for anyone to create a beautiful landing page, website, or online store. You can start building your own site today at squarespace.com and use the offer code INC at checkout to get 10% off your first purchase. With, with easy-to-use tools and templates, Squarespace will help you capture the everyday detail of what drives you. Because if it's worth the effort, it's worth sharing with the world. With Squarespace, you'll be able to build a site that will look professionally designed regardless of your skill level with no coding experience required. This is because Squarespace has state-of-the-art technology that not only powers your site to ensure security and stability, but also gives you access to fantastic tools to allow you to build something on the internet. And I say something because it can be so many different things. As I said, you can build landing pages, you can build stores, you can have whole stores you can have websites, you can have blogs, you can have band pages, you can have business pages, restaurant information. No matter what it is you're looking to put online, Squarespace is the place to start. Their site templates all look fantastic and you have great control of customizing them to make it your home. If you get stuck with anything or you need any help or support, they have a 24-17 that is their live chat and email. Squarespace are committed to creating a great product and to supporting it for you. If you sign up for a year, you'll also get a free domain name, allowing you to choose exactly what you want your site to be called, and their plans start at just $8 a month. You can sign up for a free trial, so you can go and tinker with Squarespace. You can build your Squarespace site during this trial and see if you're happy with it and see how it looks. No credit card required to start doing this, and you can go today to squarespace.com, and then when you do decide to sign up, because I'm sure you'll be very happy, make sure that you use the offer code INK, I-N-K to get 10% of your first purchase, and to show your Support for the Panatic Podcast. Thank you to Squarespace for the continued support of this show and Relay FM. Awesome. All right, buddy. So there was just something. It came into my mind a couple of weeks ago, and I just wrote some questions out because I wanted to talk to you uh, about knock. Every every now and then, I just like to to kind of check in and see how things are going. But the big difference this time is now, like knock is your job, Mm -hmm. and it wasn't before. right Right? it was it was part of the stuff that you do but now like this is one of the primary ways that you make your living uh which it wasn't before right
1: right yeah now it was a part of the stuff that i do now it is the stuff that i do (laughs) and there's a big difference yeah So so
0: go ahead i wanted to just dig into that a little bit so first up Let's see what's happening at Knock anyway, before we kind of look at how you're doing. So is there any
1: news? What are you guys working on right now? We're working on working as much as possible. <laughs> it's crazy right now with as far as um, capacity, our production capacity goes. So we're super challenged with keeping stuff in stock, which is great, but we gotta fix that like quickly because we're out of stock a lot of, a lot of things. We're gonna have, we have a plan in place for a post Atlanta pen show to change our production. Um, flow, if you will, um, we'll talk about it more when we have more details. But just to give you a a, a preview, we're bringing it all in house um, instead of getting fabric cut outside, getting people to help us sew things outside. Um, to having someone else Mm. in the U S make our cases, we've tried and failed and tried and failed and tried and failed multiple times, multiple thousands of dollars trying to get help to make our cases. We're going to do it ourselves. Um, that's going to involve a huge change at the shop. We're going to be buying equipment. Um, we're going to be buying a laser cutter and we're going to be doing all these crazy things. We're going to be hiring more people. We're going to like double and triple our capacity. Um, wow. Wow hopefully by the beginning of summer. Um, it's a big deal for us. Um, we just can't make enough cases and we have the support to sell a lot of cases and we got to figure out how to do it. And We've tried all these things over like the last year to try to increase capacity in what we thought was the best way to do it. And we're learning that the best way to do it is to do it ourselves um it's going to require a lot of work it's going to require a lot of money um you know we're doing but we've we've got the plan now we've come to the you know we've we've done all the uh done all the homework and we failed a lot of companies from uh, trying to help us make products and you know to keep things how we want to keep things in the u.s to keep our quality the same um we're going to do it ourselves and uh that's uh, it's going to be awesome, but it's it's scary as I'll get out. I'm not going to lie. Me and Jeff are, uh, we're super anxious about this, but uh, we know it's going to be successful, and um, it's just going to be a huge, huge change. And um, we 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 just have to make more cases. That's the news. We have when, to make more. When you mentioned
0: <clears throat> that, like you know about production stuff, that was mm-hmm. not the route that I thought you were going to say, <laughs> right? Like uh, the route to fix our production is to do, do all of the production, because <laughs> I know that me and you were talking last year, I think about like some of the companies that you trialed to see if they could build some stuff for you and it was good, but mm-hmm. just not good enough. Which mm-hmm. you know, I love that um, that feeling. But this is a big thing. And like, so where, where, where you guys are right now and all the equipment and stuff that you're going to need, are you able to finance all of that?
1: It depends. We'll, we're going to see how it goes after the Atlanta pen show. Um, we've got some ideas. Otherwise, um, you know, if we don't, you know, we can't just pay for it ourselves or, or what, how, what have you. I mean, we're, we're definitely can pay for it ourselves. It just depends on how we're going to do it. You know, whether we just write checks and use credit cards, or we're going to do another Kickstarter, which is probably highly likely for when our folios come out, which we've talked about before.
0: Yeah, that seems like a genius idea to wrap those two things together.
1: Yeah, that's probably the jumping off point. So we'll have more news on that. This is definitely we don't have time to do that before Atlanta. Um, We're just trying to make as much as we can for the show, um, which actually which helps the the shop inventory as well. But, you know, we're just in a we're we're turning down side jobs right now because we can't fit them into our schedule which sucks um we hate doing that But well, like collaborations and stuff like that yeah like we have collaboration we've had collaboration opportunities we've had to turn down that would be really really fun and good for us to do because we don't have the capacity to do them and bringing everything in house will give us that um hmm. having more employees uh, will give us that ability to to be more flexible, we can't get into retail until we do this um we have we've had retailers banging on our doors for years since we started, and we keep s- telling them it's almost here, it's almost here, and it keeps not being almost here it's It's time to uh you know what or get off the pot yeah, it feels like
0: that you guys are in a position which was similar maybe to my personal position, which was mm-hmm. like relay fm was making money, and we knew <laughs> we were going to make money. But mm-hmm. it was like if I take the risk of leaving my job and doing it completely, I know we can make a lot more money, right? Like right. if we're able, if I'm able to focus all of my time and attention on it, then it's gonna be great, right? Like I can put more and more into it, and, and it's gonna be worthwhile for everyone because all of my attention and all of my, um, all of my resources will help. And it's like a similar kind of idea, right? You guys will be. Buying new equipment, hiring new people—all of that is super expensive to do. Mm -hmm. But by putting that investment in, your investment is in money, not not in time as such, because you you guys are already all in. uh, It will help grow your revenue, which is because getting into retail is going to like you know things could explode from that point. Right. Right. So sure, this is a really this is a very interesting development that I wasn't. Uh, expecting, (laughs) but I think it's fantastic. Are you going to be able to fit all of this into your little shop?
1: (laughs) We've already already rearranged in planning to to lay this all out in the shop Uh, right now. Yes. If we had to move, we'd be okay with it. But right now we have it set to where we could, with the equipment we want to buy and the people we want to hire, um, we're going to push it to max capacity and it it will all fit. Like we've had the electrician out to make sure, can we handle this equipment, that kind of stuff. So we're, we're trying to get ahead of the game here. Um, But you know, this, you're you're getting all the behind the scenes stuff that we've been working on here for the past couple months, really, since I've come on full time, you know, we're coming to these realizations And, you know, we're going to have some product lineup changes, um, some colorway changes, and all that will be announced, you know, in the coming months. But uh, it's all good stuff. It's all to get us to a point where you can go to our site and find a case you want and purchase it because it's in stock. (laughs) That's where we got to get to.
0: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So the the stock issues that you're going through is Mm -hmm. purely because people are buying more than you can make, right? Yeah. It's not that you guys don't make very many. Right. No, they're buying more than we can make. Which is kind of the situation you want to be in. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you'd want to be able to sell to everybody,
1: right? Yeah. I mean, just for example, we put, it was like, it's probably been three weeks ago now, we put a batch of, it was either 60 or 80 Sinclairs up on a Friday afternoon at noon, and they were sold out by one. I mean, we just can't keep them in.
0: This is what I can't understand. Where are these people coming from? (laughs)
1: <laughs> Everywhere man. They they love the not go, like how did I, they I'm know, grateful though? for like how do they I know don't... that the stock goes up? Oh, we send out on, on our mailing list.
0: Right. Okay. We give
1: we give them our first shot. So I we have think a big I'm mailing, on the mailing list. Well uh,
0: you're a slacker. I know, I'm going gonna sign up right now.
1: <laughs> Knowing you, you probably took yeah. me off. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe on purpose, but yeah, I mean, we just, we, we want to have the stock available for people to buy. I mean, that's kind of what you do as a business, right? Yep. Is it the newsletter that I'm signing up for? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Well, there you go. Sign up.
1: So yep, done. yeah, we usually, we usually give our, our, our newsletter followers first crack at, uh, at new stock So in um, regards- and, it, and usually vanishes like crazy fast. Well, it
0: sounds like it. So in regards yeah. to new products, mm-hmm. um, you mentioned the folios, yeah uh, is that, that still kind of the main thing on the horizon
1: that's definitely happening i mean there's going to be two folio sizes there'll be the notebook size that i take a lot of pictures of and then an a5 size um to fit the um the notepads the the top uh the top bound notepads um which is going to both of those are going to be really really awesome they're going to be cool cases i we're we're excited about those the pattern's done on the small case and we're finalizing the pattern on the big case so this will be a go no doubt so it's happening it's happening. But yeah, um, you just need to decide out decide how right? Yep. Yep. How and when. So it's just gonna depend with all this machinery stuff and, and hiring stuff. So and we're not we're not sweating it too hard till after Atlanta. We don't have the mental capacity to fit all that in right now. No. But once Atlanta ends, um we don't have another show until uh DC. So that's gonna be our window where you're gonna see a lot of knock code changes between Atlanta and DC. Um there'll be a lot going on uh, on the knock front, if you will. Right. But um, I know you two. Right, mm-hmm. and I know this mm-hmm. ain't it.
0: You got any work on any of the prototypes or stuff that we've not seen before? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to give yeah. any kind of any kind of hints to what you're looking at?
1: You'll see it in Atlanta. Oh yeah, what? Yeah. Just me? No. Uh, if you go to the Atlanta Pen Show, you'll see it. Oh. So we're gonna do. I, I'll. Let's see if I can say this without getting in too much trouble with Jeff. I, I can probably say it. So you've seen our, we've done some small batch series, right? Yeah. Where we just make one-off colors, things like that. Mm-hmm. We're going to expand. We're going to not call it that anymore. Um, It has a different name. I, I'm not going to say the name. We'll, yep, we'll tease that. Yeah. Um, so we're going to focus. That's actually, this is another reason why we want to do it all ourselves. Because we want to have this product line of special items either in materials colors or designs so we're going to try out a new design a new physical case design for atlanta that we're going to launch at the atlanta Pin show but just in this small batch style it's not necessarily going to be a permanent item it people may hate it you know that kind of thing it's in a different configuration yeah total different configuration um and but this this line is now going to be have a consistent name and have a consistent um use for us a, a consistent presentation if you will to what it's being used for and why you might be interested or might not be interested in it at all so yeah there there'll be a new a new product in Atlanta with a new uh with a new uh product line name
0: this this new special Atlanta product will it only be available there
1: probably because you reckon it's going to sell out what well, you got of it uh maybe we're not going to make that many of them these all are right. it, people have to remember with not we hand make all these stuff yeah. this is why we don't have inventory because a factory and machines are not making these we're running these people's by hand through a sewing machine, machine. Yeah. Yep. people's hands are making these cases yep. they're hard to make and mm-hmm. that's why a lot of people are not able to make them because They're too difficult, too costly, and they can't meet the quality that we have learned over the years that we can do. Um, So, you know, anyone that gets, you know, I I know people get frustrated with us not being in stock, but we're physically making these cases with our hands. Um, And it's it's a lot of work. So, so like, are we going to have a new case style at Atlanta? Yes. Are we going to have 200 of them? No. You know, are we going to have 40 of them? If we're lucky, mm. you know, we yeah, make all okay. this stuff, you know, that kind of thing. So,
0: all right. How's it been for you? So, how much time are you spending at the knockoff? Isn't it?
1: Um, I try for two days a week um, when I was traveling in. Like for LA, you know, I missed like two weeks in a row where I wasn't there and that was tough. I didn't like that. Um, but now I'm back on schedule. I'm there two days a week, usually Mondays and Thursdays. So that's how my schedule's working right now. Uh-huh. Um, I really enjoy my time there. I want to be there more. Um, if it comes down to it, you know, when I'm talking about this, um, this time frame, one, as we get ramping up for Atlanta and two, after Atlanta, when we're trying to do all these changes, uh, if I have to be there three days a week i can do that um you know if in two years i have to be up there all the time well i'll move and just make it uh you know make it something easier you know i'm i'm flexible on when i need to be up there um as long as i'm uh contributing um pulling my weight when i'm there you know i can't uh i'm not a sewer like the the rest of the team there (laughs) so as long as i'm able to contribute in other ways i'm happy to be there as much as i can and definitely uh you know, I, am definitely there two days a week and, uh, it's cool. Cause we get a lot of people coming by, uh, during, during the week now. And, uh, you know, I'm going to lunch with a, with a customer on, on Thursday, just, you know, doing these neat meetup things would give us Jeff an opportunity to, to hang out with our, our customers and friends that, uh, want to stop by the shop. So it, it's been cool. Um, it's been working so far. Two days a week has been great. And, um, you know, I can always do more though.
0: Yeah. Cause I guess the thing that's worth mentioning you know just for the sake of mentioning it you don't live in atlanta
1: no it's a on a on a good day like on a a weekend travel day with no traffic it's an hour and a half from but, my house to the shop but
0: atlanta traffic
1: yeah i i've kind of <laughs> got it timed down to where if i can make it under two hours i'm happy yeah if it's over two hours i'm get start getting kind of ticked so i try to go early and more importantly i leave early like i'm never there at three o'clock I mean, I'm usually gone by two right. just so I can get out of town um, and I'm able to get in. I'm able to get in the shop early enough to uh, get everything done. Most importantly, meet with Jeff. You know, Jeff and I being face to face, either talking about products, designing products, um, you know, like in one day, you know, last week, like last Thursday, we designed a new notebook that we're going to launch in Atlanta, um, which I didn't mention that before. Um, a new um Enamel pin we're gonna launch in Atlanta. Um, we oh, got. Oh, is that the one just, that you s- Yeah, the fishing vest one that I sent out. No, the, the what you just said then, the the, the enamel thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, That's the, the fishing vest one. Yeah, I put it up on Instagram now, so you can talk about it. All right, because it's so cool. It's gonna come out awesome. Oh my it, it, gosh, the oh previews gosh. of it look killer. So I'm really excited about that. I um,
0: I've <sighs> already I've already said
1: to you, you keep keep one of those things aside yeah that's going to be a stock item for us i mean that's just going to be something we'll always have because it's really cool um where you know, is I it love, on instagram i don't see it. it's on the knock a feed oh that would be why so that's the real sample that's the the actual sample i think i just sent you like a digital picture of something we had on the screen that's actually the what came back it looks even better than Man, i could have imagined that is
0: amazing
1: <laughs> yeah yeah, so, yeah, I haven't you know, seen this one. That is
0: fantastic. I cannot wait to get my hand on one of these. That's yeah. that's such a cool little thing to do. Yeah,
1: I'm really excited about it. Um, but, you know, it's getting Jeff and I in the same room, we can be awfully productive. So um, we we definitely like it when we're both there um, to, to get things done. Like, we can knock out so much in a short uh, short amount of time.
0: One of the big things, at least that I've found when me and Steven get together... Um, is that just being able to talk through stuff together is, is one of the the
1: biggest benefits of when we can be in the same room. Yep, totally. And, um, you know, talking, just talking business, you know, stuff, you know, the not, the not making stuff, you know, you know, doing all the, the banking and the accounting. We sat down, I had to do taxes the other day, you know, we sit and talk about that kind of stuff, you know, the boring stuff that you have to do as a business, um, in person is really the only way to go. And, um, you know i i enjoy being up there even though you know it's like a long drive but you know that's no big deal twice a week i can totally deal with that and i have to do it more i have to do it more you know it's part of owning and running a business right yep. it's uh it's only going to be successful you know as successful as uh the amount of time and effort you put into it so are you hungry over there can you hear that i can hear that yeah totally my stomach's <laughs> it's going out it's out of hand it just keeps doing that over and over again i don't know why <laughs> i thought i let go one time right like because people might
0: not notice it but it happens a couple of times and you gotta you gotta you gotta point it out because someone someone's hungry yeah really so we should wrap this thing up no no field notes
1: man no field notes males okay you know that you know it's gonna come through like as soon as we're done so, they were talking about in the uh, in the chat room, I don't know if you saw it, we should just marathon the podcast until... We the just keep going. Yeah. I mean, that isn't the worst idea, but I've run out of things to talk about. Yeah. And you can tell my voice is going. I still haven't recovered from like two or three weeks ago, well, my
0: voice. The, the voice isn't the problem here. It's it's clearly your it's stomach. Just, yeah, really. That's the real Let's issue see. we've got. Going on. <laughs> Man, that's so funny. Yeah. God, two, Nearly 200 episodes and we still haven't worked out to be professional.
1: I know, right? It's overrated. Yeah,
0: pro- yeah professionalism's overrated.
1: Psh, yeah. Professional pod, this is how professional podcasters do it, man. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's what we
0: are now. So mm-hmm. I-, I guess it kind of by proxy, this is how it's done.
1: <laughs> I'm laughing at the chat room. Now they really want us to keep going <laughs> until the email comes. Excuse me. <coughs> well, Jeez. how about we wrap up the
0: show and then maybe, who knows, maybe it will come during the live stream thing and, uh, mm-hmm. And then we can, I don't know, we can do with it then.
1: Yeah, we can always jump back in. You have some editing magic. magic. Yeah, we'll see.
0: Maybe if if anything pops up at the end of the episode, then you'll know that me and Brad got back together to talk about the show. Otherwise, next week we'll talk about them. Because you'll probably yeah. have them anyway. I'll get them some point within the next month.
1: Yeah, what's <laughs> funny is I didn't see a, a shipping notification. Usually I get a shipping notification yeah, before. Yeah, I, I got mine. See, I didn't. I wonder if my... I don't think my subscription expired, but whatever. I done, because we
0: didn't we resubscribe at the same time, and I had to I,
1: renew mine for this batch. Yeah, this would be a, a good B sides, a Relay FM B sides. Um, when that mail comes in, we can jump on and do it. Yeah, Brad,
0: Brad, Brad, and Mike, wait for the mail. All right, but let's wrap this show up. <laughs> uh, All right, thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. If you want to catch our show notes, head on over to relay.fm slash Penaddict slash one nine five. Uh, thank you so much for listening as always and for being such a great community that we love so dearly. We we really do love all of you. If you want to catch up uh, with us online, there's a few places you can do that. If you want to find Brad, he is over at dowdyism, D-O-W-D-Y-I-S-M on Twitter. And he is at penaddict on Instagram. And you can find all of Brad's stuff over at penaddict.com and knock.co. And I am at imike, I-M-Y-K-E on Twitter and Instagram, so you can find me there if you so wish. Thank you so much again to Harry's and Squarespace for helping make this episode possible. And thank you for listening. We'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad.